The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. We're thankful that you're here, and we pray that God would just bless you richly as we dive into the third chapter of the book of Galatians. Let me remind you, chapter 1 and 2 is personal testimony. He gives a lot of details about his journey after salvation before he was used by the church at Antioch to be sent on his first missionary journey. Chapters 3 and 4, which we start today, are doctrinal. Matter of fact, they're the, some of the most doctrinal uh, essays that Paul would write. It uh, Chapters 3 and 4, it, it writes up there with Ephesians and Romans when it comes to the theology and doctrinal statements. And then, finally, in chapters 5 and 6, it's practical. In other words, because of what God has done in chapters 3 and 4, it gives us how to live. Now, He's talking about the liberty we have in Christ, that we're saved by grace, and that is so important, so valuable, but it's not a license to, to sin. It's not, uh, that's what he said, God forbid that it would give us an opportunity to sin, but it's also not legalism. It's not the law. Uh, the law did not save anyone when they had the law, but he gives the purpose for the law in chapters 3 and 4. But it works out through grace and the Holy Spirit of God working through our lives in chapters 5 and 6, how then we should live. Matter of fact, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is mentioned 18 times in the book of Galatians. Now, uh, you don't think about that too much until you start looking at it and see the value of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the book of Galatians chapter 3 and 4 are real about that. And I know this is a longer introduction than I usually give without turning to Alex, but we're not making connections right now. We're checking on that. Devin's checking on it to see if that can happen. If not, I'll be with you the whole hour, and we'll look at the book of Galatians chapter 3. But be praying he'll make uh, a contact here. Uh, Alex is in East Tennessee, I think it's East Tennessee State University, and he's going to be speaking tonight at that university to students, and he's going to give a lot of information about the founding of our country and how it was founded on these biblical principles that God had laid out. And so be praying for him. And so, Alex, we're going to take a chance on you not being too, as, as Devin has the technical word, garbled. Now, uh, are you there, brother? I, yes. Oh, we're not going to be able to handle it. It is garbled. We're trying. Now, the reason this happens, let me make sure everybody knows this. Alex has a machine with him called a Comrex, and the machine is awesome, but it's got to be connected to the Internet that is strong enough to be able to send that signal to us, and then we're able to take it and receive it 
and share it with you. And sometimes in Alex's travels, he gets to a place and that internet connection's not as strong as it needed to be for us to do that. So it's always an adventure for us. And uh, and so Devin is always ready. They're always connected. So if, if he can get connected, we're going to pray that he can. But while we're waiting, if he is or is not, we're going to look at, I know you'll miss Alex, I do, but we're connected in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. And he starts off in an unusual way as he shares these with these believers. Now, they're men and women that he knows. Uh, he started these churches, and he founded these churches. And now it wasn't long after that that he writes them back, and he says, O oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Uh, who has intrigued you? Who has turned you away that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? Now, we want to talk about this a little bit. Why would he call them, O oh, foolish Galatians? Well, I want to first let you know the word foolish comes from different words in, in the Greek language that can be translated that. Here in, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, it, is, it means spiritually dull. But usually when it says don't call anybody a fool, like it says in, in Luke 24, 25, it means a godless person. In other words, we don't have the right to to put anybody on that level and call them that name. But here he says, you are spiritually dull, you foolish Galatians. Basically, you're believing a lie. You're being hoodwinked. You've been turned away. And he uses the rest of that phrase, who has bewitched you? Now, that is the exact term, and if you translate it, but it has the idea who has turned you away, who has fooled you. Uh, they've come in with enticing words, but the truth is not there. That's kind of scary. And and the Bible talks about that in quite a few places uh, in Paul's writings, that false teachers come in with enticing words because humans are always looking for something a little extra. You know, like when we get into the Bible, what's the hidden message of the Bible? What's the hidden message of all these numbers? Now, some numbers have great spiritual meaning, but some numbers are just giving you information. And so you have to know, and here it is, who has bewitched you? Who has tricked you? Who's turned you aside? Now, notice what it says, that you should not obey the truth. The whole idea is truth. And truth is so vitally important. And without truth, you're not going to be set free. The, the truth shall set you free. Without truth, you're going to be misled. Now, I, I want to carry this over into America today, not only just in churches, but in our lives today. So many mistruths are being promoted, saying that, that abortion, uh, this has been recently said by someone, that abortion, uh, if we do away with abortion, it will cause lives to be taken. What do they think abortion is? It's taking that life of that child that's in the womb. And then so much information is so distorted. So truth is important. Alex, we're going to try it one more time. And we're in chapter yeah. one concerning, we've talked about foolish Galatians and being bewitched. And then they've turned away from the truth. What would you have to say? That? Sure. We're going to try to get as much in on you as you can while you got a connection, brother. 
Right. Well, first of all, let me apologize for the connection. I was in a building. I'm here at East Tennessee State University, and I, I thought even though the gear indicated it was working, I was in the middle of a concrete building, and that never works, does it? <laughs> That's true. Hey, they, they, are, they are barriers, aren't they? They are. Is this audio passable? We're, we try to get as much as you can in, and Devin will let you okay. know. Go in. Go at it, brother. Well, you, you know, uh, Galatians 3, Bert, I was reading there where Paul says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly you as crucified. So Paul is saying, look, you, he died on the cross. He rose from the dead. And he's asking you, why are you now blinded? Two is interesting. Paul says, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Uh, he's trying to take them back to remember how they got converted to Jesus exactly. and redeemed in the first place, isn't he? He is, and this is personal. He starts out, notice how he drives this home. Before he begins his other arguments of of I, I would say scriptural arguments because of verses 10 through 14. Man, he uses six different scriptures uh, all the way through that 6 through 14. But here it's very personal, isn't it? it well, it very is. And Paul, I mean, he's not afraid to get... Okay, we're, we're just not going to make it. And Alex, I don't know if he'll try to find another location. It reminds me of that phone. You remember when cell phones first came out and here was this guy on a rooftop in a, in a tree and saying, can you hear me now? And sometimes we just don't have those connections and this is one of them. And what Alex was saying, and, and again, let's make sure we see it. Who has moved you away from the truth? Why have you moved away from the truth? When you have the truth, why would you move from it? Now, there's two ways to do this. Mishandle the truth and move away from it or distort the truth and teach the distortion. And here's what the false teachers were doing. They were distorting the truth. And here is what those receivers of believers and followers of Christ in Galatia, the churches of Galatia, were doing. They were receiving that and misappropriating and, mis and turning away from the truth that they once had. And again, verse 2, as he said, this only I want you to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Notice the personal uh, pronoun here, did you. He is taking these believers back to the time when they started following Christ. Here's the issue. Has, has there been a time in your life when you've been born again? Has there been a time in your life where you chose Christ and said, yes, my life is yours. I give up on mine. I ask you to come into my life. I'm yours. And he's reminded, did you receive that by the works of the law, or did you do it by hearing of faith? Because, see, they had already been under the law. Uh, matter of fact, they'd been under the law for for a 1,000 years or more, 1,300 years they had been under the law, and no one was ever qualified by keeping the law because it could not be kept with every iota and every T. You could not do that. And so he says, or by the hearing of faith. So he is bringing them to remembrance. Are you so foolish? There's that word again, the same word he used in verse 1. 
are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, that you're now being made perfect by the flesh? Do you think this law that you, by keeping days, by keeping these certain things, can make yourself acceptable to God? Now, later on, he's going to show us why the law was given. It was a temporary law. It wasn't one that was given for permanence. It was temporary until Jesus Christ came, until the promise was given. In a moment, we'll get to that word of promise. But have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Now, this suffering, have you experienced? This word suffering has the idea, it's not necessarily persecution, but experience. Have you experienced so many things in vain? All these things that you have, are they empty? Uh, What's going on with them? If indeed it was empty. The word vain has the idea of empty. You can't help but remember the book of Ecclesiastes when the writer of Ecclesiastes, Solomon, would say vanity, all is vanity. It's empty. Life is empty. Life without Christ is empty. Let me tell you, the law is empty when it comes to changing a life. It will help you regulate your life. It helps you to guide your life, but it does not change your life. That's the good news about grace. It changes your life. And it changes you and puts you on a direction. Verse 5, therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? These people had experienced the miracles of God. Now, the greatest miracle is salvation. But there is probably other miracles that we don't know about. And he's saying, did you have all these miracles before faith when you were under the law? Or did these miracles occur after you We're in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit of God changed lives. He changed circumstances. He changed everything. Well, this is the book of Galatians chapter 3. That's his argument. He said it's personal. You need to remember that. So I'll be back right after this break, and we'll look, pick up at chapter 6, and look at his scriptural argument for being saved by grace through faith. This is Pause to Pray. A chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for David Recordon, Director of Technology in the Office of Management and Administration. His office works to encourage collaboration to help secure American cyber interests. Proverbs 18.15 reminds us of the importance of knowledge. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide David Recordon in his work as Director of Technology. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country, and we are joining together to pray the vote details at pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says even though God gave us freedom of choice, those choices still have consequences. We'll hear about some of them today as we spend two minutes with Tony. When God created mankind, he uttered these three words, let them rule. For good or for bad, they get to decide. And we ask the question, how could a good God up in heaven allow such evil? He allows it for three reasons. Let them rule. If they go their own way, 
There will be passive consequences to them going their own way and leaving me out. Abandonment, murder, divorce, abuse, neglect, all war, all of that stuff. But if they insist on building society, on building their lives, on building their purpose, on building their family, if they keep wanting to do it without me, chaos will set in. Because he said, let them rule. He gave us freedom to leave him out. He doesn't step in every time. He says, if you don't want me, okay, let's see how well you do without me. I'll let you use my stuff. You can build your technology. You can build all that, all that fine stuff that you, you live in, the cars you drive, the, the smart devices you use. And it's amazing how, how far we get without God and how addictive it becomes, it doesn't, it becomes addictive. God gave us the freedom to choose Him, and doing that is the best way to put our independence to good use. Find out what it means to be truly connected to God through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link that says Jesus. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. In a desperate place, Father, I know you can bear the weight. Father, Welcome back to Exploring the Word. This is Bert Harper. Uh, Alex uh, is in East Tennessee State University. I know that's in East Tennessee. Has to be up close to the Tri-Cities, I would think. I don't know if it's Bristol or where it would be up there. Johnson City, maybe but it's somewhere up in that area. So he'll be speaking tonight. So we want you to pray for him. He tried to connect, but uh, those of you that were listening in the first segment could tell it was breaking up bad and it didn't get any better. So we had to say, okay, uh, Alex, we'll, we'll try to do this tomorrow because tomorrow will be fire away Friday. And uh, we, uh, listen, I was telling Devin, our producer, I said, man, I'm good just uh, going through the scriptures. I've, I've done that for over 40 years doing and teaching. But I said, on the q and I'm glad Alex McFarlane is here. I, people laugh at me. I say, now, Alex, do you know anything about that? Uh, I found one, in 10 years, I think this is right, Devin, there's only been two times when Alex said, I'm, I hadn't heard that. I'll have to look that up. Now, that's pretty good. Now, I want to just tell you, that's not Bert Harper saying I've had it all. So he's a great partner. We, we work great together. So play, pray for Alex tonight. But we're in chapter 3, verse 6, and he's switching from a personal reminder of these uh, Christians in Galatia, what they had when they were following the truth that you're saved by grace through faith. And now he's going to bring scriptural evidence, and guess what he's going to do to do that, he's going to use the law. He's going to go back to the Old Testament to let them see that something better was coming, better than the law. Isn't that great? If you want to know that's true, you look at the book of Hebrews, and you'll find out over and over again, Jesus was better. He was better than the prophets. He was better than the angels. He's better than the law. There's nothing better than Jesus Christ. Men have tried to come up with other, quote, religions, but nothing touches Christ and following him. So verse 6, it says, Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. 
That is a scripture from the Old Testament. Therefore, knowing that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham, and the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the nations by faith, that is awesome. The other program I do, Exploring Missions, this is it, guys. Justify the nations. Missional. God did not just put the word into the Hebrews so they would have something to live by that helped. But he also gave it to them and geographically and in every way so they would be a testimony of the goodness and graciousness of God. And so here it is. He preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand. Now, how you like that? Preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand. Now, what is the gospel? The gospel is salvation comes by grace through faith, only through Christ. Now, the Old Testament, you had to look forward to Christ, the Messiah coming. In the gospels, we see him coming, being crucified, and then risen. In the book of Acts, we see him ascending to the Father in chapter 1, and then the ministry that would carry on, as he said, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit would come, and he said, you're going to do greater works. So those greater works have been proceeding since Jesus' ascension into heaven. But notice, just as Abraham believed God, here it is, just as. In other words, the same faith that saved these Galatian Christians is the same faith that Abraham had when he believed God and God counted it under righteousness. You got to remember, Abraham, he he received being right with God way before the law came, and he was made right with God. He wasn't perfect. Man, we know that. He lied about uh, Sarah being his sister. We find him being uh, weak on several occasions, but we find him a man that loved God that would follow him into even a land that he did not even know. He said, I'll lead you, and he followed. And so just as Abraham believed, that word is not just mental assent, it's trusting. It's putting your faith in. It's following him. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. This is a, it was imputed to him. It was given to him. It was declared to him. And it says, therefore, since that was true with Abraham, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Now, not not uh, physical. This is where the Jews were thinking they were right because they were the product of the birth, uh, physical birth of Abraham from generation to generation down to their generation. But that's not what Paul is saying, and that's what he carries on because it starts out with believing God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Then he says, therefore, knowing that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. In other words, whether they're Gentiles or whether they're Jews, if they, just as Abraham believed God and just as the Galatians had uh, followers had believed God, we can believe God. We are in the same lineage of faith of Abraham. That is powerful when you think about it. And then he says, and the scriptures, there it is, the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the nations uh, by faith, preach the gospel to Abraham. Now, I got to stop off on the word justify. It is the idea of being declared righteous. Somebody has simplified it just as if I'd never sinned. Now, the problem is, we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
guess what? Jews and Gentiles had that in common way back then. We still have it in common today, regardless of your denomination, Baptist, Catholic, Church of Christ, Pentecostal, Methodist, Presbyterian, non-denominational, whatever you are, we have that in common, that we're sinners, and, and that is where we are. But the gospel is preached to Abraham beforehand. He believed God. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. We are blessed. We come into God the same way Abraham came into God, believing. And that word believe, look at verse 6, believed God. Here in verse 9, he uses it again that with believing Abraham, trusting. Abraham trusted God for his life. He trusted God to move him. Now, when he first heard God, he was about 70 years old. That's amazing. When it was completion for that promise, it was 99 years old, and then he lived on it. So in verses uh, 6 and, and 9, he introduces the idea that we're saved by grace. We're saved by faith in Christ Jesus. And in that same faith, all the nations shall be blessed. Now, I have some, I've got one real good Jewish friend. He's one of my best friends ever, and he has been saved. He calls himself a completed Jew, that Christ is coming in. I've met others and know some more, and they come to know Christ. Now, here's the idea. They came to Christ through faith, not through the blood lineage, not through their DNA, but through Christ in Christ alone. And in verse 10 through 14, he moves on and is still using Scripture. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. If you're going to be, uh, if you're going to try to say you're saved by the law, you're going to also be judged by the law and cursed. And he uses this Scripture from Deuteronomy. It says, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now, I want to just tell you, that, that, leaves just, that leaves everybody without any hope. Do you remember the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and he said, what can I do to uh, inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus, you know, he said, uh, he told him about keeping the commandments. And he said, all of those I've kept from my youth up. Now, I just want to tell you, there's no doubt he had a better opinion of himself than he should have. He wasn't like the publican that went down and said, be merciful me unto me, a sinner. He was more like the Pharisee that says, I thank God I'm not like all those others. I do this, I do that. I've, you know, here the rich young ruler and God's, and, and he didn't mention the one he didn't keep coveting. And so Jesus said, I tell you what you do, go and sell all you have and then come back and you can have eternal life. And it says, he went away sorrowful, for he had great riches. You see, there's none of us. There may be others that could check off a list of things we haven't done, and we might feel pretty good about ourselves. But God looks deeper. He looks at your heart. He looks at your intent. He looks at the attitude. Um, I, I, I will be preaching this Sunday at Auburn Baptist Church here in northeast Mississippi, real close to Tupelo here, and uh, I, I'm going to be preaching, and we're going to be talking about what Jesus perceived in their heart. Uh, these men that were saying only God could forgive sin, and Jesus was God, and he could forgive sin, but he perceived in their heart God looks deeper. 
He's looking into your life. He sees those things that need to be changed. But I want to tell you, he looks with compassion. He's not looking, wanting you to stay where you are. He's looking at you, wanting you to turn, to come to him, to find real life. And it says in verse 11, that, that no one is justified by the law and the sight of God is evident. The just shall live by faith. Now, that's how we started off this book of Galatians. We talked about this term comes from Habakkuk. And, and uh, Paul picked it up in Romans. He picks it up here in Galatians. And the writer of Hebrews, which it could be Paul or it could be someone else, that same word from Habakkuk is used. The just shall live by faith, not by the law, but by faith. And no one is justified by the law. The rich young ruler couldn't justify himself. When uh, Nicodemus uh, came to see Jesus by night, he could not justify his life. Paul, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, concerning the law and the little check marks, he was perfect. But he was a sinner that desperately needed to be saved. I just want to tell you, if you're driving a truck, you're driving home, you're sitting at your desk, you're in your kitchen listening, if you've never experienced this new birth in Christ, you're missing out on what God has. The just shall live by faith. We trust him. Verse 12 says, yet the law is not a faith, but the man who does shall live by them. If you're going to try to be saved by the law, you've got to live by the law. You don't start out with faith and then turn to the law to be justified. You've got to do it by faith in Christ. Christ has redeemed us. There's that word redeemed. It means he's paid the price of our slave debt, and then he sets us free. Isn't that neat? He doesn't buy us to keep us in bondage. He buys us, purchases us to set us free. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us on the tree. Listen to this scripture. It's in Deuteronomy. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, we know that tree is the cross. Jesus Christ would go to the cross. The Bible says that he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. If you've seen the passion of Christ, you know a little bit about the punishment that Christ did physically. But the spiritual punishment that he had by taking on our sin debt and paying that sacrificial price was even greater. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's the reason they said, man, we got to get him down off of that tree before sundown and the Sabbath day, you know, starts. We got to get him ready. We can't leave him up there because it was a curse. Now, no one in the Hebrew faith would die that way. Now, they could be stoned. They could be beheaded. And if they were horrible people, they could then take that body and put it out in a public display to show the shame. That's the cursedness. Jesus Christ took that upon himself for you. He did it for me. And he's reminded these Galatians in chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, he says, you've experienced that. And now the Bible backs up that you were saved by faith. You were not saved by keeping the law. And if you're trying to keep the law, Paul says, if you're going to be saved by the law, you got to be perfect. You can't deviate. You cannot miss anything of the law. Every one of them's got to be. And then he finishes up this argument in verse 14 by saying, 
that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, this is awesome. The blessing of Abraham. Because Abraham believed God, it was counted unto him for righteousness. But also because he believed God, the blessing was going to be passed down. What? This is amazing. To the Gentiles. That's you and me, a lot of us. There's some that are Jewish culture and heritage that's listening today. But most of those who are listening today, we are in that camp. And it was that Christ would be sufficient, not to save just the Jews, but Christ is sufficiency is for anyone that would call upon his name. He made that clear in the book of Romans when he said, all that would come to me in faith, I'll in no wise cast out. He says, call upon me in faith and you will be saved. You'll be made right with God. But he also, as we come up into about another minute left here, Look at the last part of verse 14, and that's where we'll close, and that's where uh, Monday that uh, uh, we'll start out in the book of Galatians. But notice that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What was the promise? It was given to Abraham over in chapter 12 of Genesis when it says, through you all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Now, this promise was good then. It was good for the Galatians church in that day. And can I tell you something? In 2022, when our world is going mad, when a lot of things just doesn't make sense, when it's been right side, it's been turned upside down, wrong is is talked about being right, and right's being talked about being wrong, guess what? The grace of God is sufficient to redeem you. That is the promise that he's given to us, that through the Spirit we might have life. I pray that you have that life. We're going to take phone calls. That number, I think you have it memorized, 888-589-8840. We've got a special guest to help us answer those questions. So you want to come back and find out who the mystery guest might be. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. I've got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Popular Sunday school song I sung as a child. The subject is important. How do we get joy in our heart? I'm Charles Morris. Join me all week as we look at Philippians. And we're joined by musician Randall Goodgame in a series called Rejoicing in Jesus. Haven today, weekday mornings at 4.30 Central on American Family Radio. Listen online at AFR.net. The communist government has spoken. There's no room for Christianity within the walls of China. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and the man named Katsu is an evangelical pastor, a little more than 50. He serves outside of Beijing. I won't identify his village. But I would guess he has been beaten in jail 25 times over the course of his ministry. Most recently, they beat him so severely he could not get up for a week. They let him go and told him to never speak of Jesus again. About a week later, a knock came on his door. He was somewhat reluctant to open it, but he found Hyatt. 
the bitter atheist interrogator who beat him terribly, had one question that burned in his heart all week long. Why were you at such peace when we were beating you? So Katsu would open his door, open his Mandarin Bible, and lead this bitter atheist to faith in Christ together. They've witnessed thousands coming to Christ who all need Bibles in China. At $5 a Bible, would you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. My name is Abraham Hamilton III and this is the Hamilton Minute. The 128th Psalm explains that it is the individual who's been transformed by the power of God who then builds the transformed family. Transformed families build transformed churches. Transformed churches build transformed communities. And transformed communities impact the broader society. The way forward in America is repentance and living locally. Focus intensely on your families, your local church, and your local community. What goes on in your house is far more important than what happens in the White House. Great Commission execution must begin in Jerusalem. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Colossians 1.13. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Just give me Jesus. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. This is Bert Harper. I usually say along with Dr. Alex McFarland, but again, he's he's at East Tennessee State University. And uh, so he's going to be speaking tonight, so be praying for him. But I called uh, a guy in, an expert, somebody that uh, can help me answer your questions that you have today. And I'm going to let him speak, and I'm going to see if he recognizes his voice before I introduce him. Would you now speak, sir? <laughs> no, uh, no, it's good to be on with you this afternoon, Bert. Now, let me qualify. You know how experts have to give qualified answers? Experts, yeah. I am an expert at answering the phone. <laughs> I'm a novice at answering questions, oh, no. but that's never stopped me before. Right, that it's If you don't know that voice, uh, you hadn't listened to Exploring the Word a lot. <laughs> it is Jim Stanley. And he was in his office, and Devin and I was talking about, hey, I'm all right uh, just opening up the Scriptures. Done that for 40-something years. But I said, on Q&A, it's good to have a second voice here. And and Devin said, Jim's in his office, and Jim <laughs> graciously has come. And so, brother, uh, I owe you what? Hey, I already owe you a lot. Now the, the, the bill is growing, man. Well, brother, this is my privilege. Happy to help out. And we'll see if I can help out oh, yeah, after we it, get started. It's good to be here. Okay, you're going to run the... the I will. Oh, okay, yes, go sir. right ahead, man. How about we start with Sue in Texas? Sue, good afternoon, and welcome to Exploring the Word. Uh, thanks for taking my call, guys. I have a situation with a family member that's so hurtful that I had to break fellowship, and I know that Jesus didn't please, and I know I can't fix it, only God can, but... It's all I think about because I'm the type of person that wants to be at peace with everyone. But 
how can I find peace without putting myself back in a situation that's toxic? Well, Sue, thank you for the call this afternoon. Appreciate you uh, having the trust in us to to help you answer that. Bert, you know, we are called to live at peace with all people, but sometimes that's hard. Um, there are toxic relationships out there, and you know, there's matters of family just not getting along like they ought to. But how? For me. It's one of those things that you maintain peace sometimes by removing yourself. And now she mentioned that Christ isn't happy with her. I don't find that necessarily to be the case. We're not talking about that she is stacking up kindling wood and getting ready to set fire to him. She's talking about removing herself from that situation so that she can be at peace with herself and with the Lord. Sue, thank you for calling. And I, I want to tell you, what we've been studying in the book of Galatians is not apart from your answer. Paul was at war with these false teachers, mm -hmm. and he put them on board. He was not going to have fellowship with them because they were wrong and they were treating. Now, his, his battle was for the believers right. there in Galatia. But he was writing and doing that. Also, the Bible says, live peaceably with all men as much as possible. Right. Now, again, if Alex was here, he'd tell me exactly where that was. I'll have, right. to, have to look it up. But as much as possible. In other words, there's some people, and Jim has already used a real important word, Sue, and that is distance. Sometimes distance must be placed between you and the other person. What you don't want to do is let bitterness come into your life. Uh, if they're wrong, they're wrong, but don't let bitterness. So bring forgiveness if they've done wrong and they're doing wrong, they're angry at you. Uh, you can correct what you can, but you can't correct everything that they are blaming for. So you do as well as you can to put distance between you and that person. And that distance might bring healing. Uh, I've done this with marriages. I've told a husband and wife uh, when some things were involved and it was so heated, you need to put some distance in here. Now, you got to go and turn to God. You don't turn to a man, turn to a, a woman, and the, the wife turn into a man. You know, you turn to each other on that. But sometimes when anger and bitterness is involved, you got to put some space between there. And you're not wrong in doing that. And uh, and have some people to pray for you. Uh, in your local church, find one or two people that you can trust, that you can give information to, and ask them to pray for you for wisdom. Go to the book of Proverbs. There's 31 uh, chapters. Mm -hmm. Read a proverb a day and ask God to give you wisdom every day that you read. Today, if I'm not mistaken, it's the 28th day of April. Read chapter 28 of Proverbs. When May the 1st comes along on Sunday, read Proverbs 1 and let God give you wisdom in this relationship. But putting distance between you and that person, space between them, it's not a sin, not when you're trying to make it right. So, Sue, thank you, and we'll be praying that it is made right. Bert, the verse you were looking for was uh, there in Romans 12, 18. And if we back up a little bit to see the context of that, 
It says, bless those who, in verse 14, it says, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those that are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Verse 17, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. And then do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. So, Sue, again. Now, where I, is that found? That Sue, is listen it. carefully. Write it down. Read it. Right. That's Romans, uh, the 12th chapter. And uh, the, the quote-unquote key in verse was 18, but I started back at 14. Which, was, which put it into context. Yes, sir. Seemed like we teach that on Exploring I believe we do. I believe yeah. we do. Thank <laughs> so, you, Sue. So, Sue, thanks again. Appreciate your call this afternoon. <clears throat> Pardon me. Let's talk to Iris now calling from Texas. Iris, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi, um, guys. Um, I appreciate you all so much and listen every day. And um, the bottom line is I have uh, several um, uh, graduates that are in my um, circle of friends and family, and some of them know the Lord and some of them don't. And I was wondering for a few suggestions for high school and college graduates. I have more high school graduates and but and uh, that's my question. I don't want to get something that's going to sit on the shelf like um, my utmost for his highest. I don't know, even though I have a grandson that's graduating high school, um, and he's in church, but um, church, but you oh, know what I'm saying. Um, I, I don't know what is what they lo- what they like and what they'll listen to or enjoy because I try to be a wise steward with my money. Thank All you, right, Iris. Iris. Thanks for that call this afternoon. You know, Bert. Um, Boy, I tell you, when you set aside my utmost for his highest, you know, that's one of the best devotional books out there. But I understand because of the generation that we see now, the generation that's coming up now, it is almost all digital. It is. You know, and uh, now there are some that are going back to books. I know that you appreciate that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> some of us but, never left. But Iris, that's, you know, that's a hard question to answer. Because we don't know those people, but you do. But now, Bert, one of the things you mentioned is our good friend, Dr. Alex McFarland. Yes, Iris. You can go to alex at alexmcfarland.com, and you can look. He has written 20-something books. Right. And many of those are geared toward uh, college and high school kids. They really are. Ten questions that they ask. And Alex does a great job. He you As well as he communicates on the radio, mm-hmm. He communicates that well in print as well. Also, AFA has the Resource Center. It's afaresourcecenter.resources at afa.net. All right. You can go to resources at afa.net, and you can find that. Resources.afa.net. I'm getting that right. I'm having to learn that one. (laughs) After I said book, I got the I was going to say, it used to be, what, afastore.net yeah, for yeah, so I had, long? I finally got that out after 10 years. They decided they that it's a, a but, resource center. But, Iris, those would be great. Again, digitally, uh, I, what Jim has said is so true. That's where they're geared toward it. And uh, their Lifeway still has um, mm-hmm. a, a store online. And you could go to Lifeway, and I, I I figure it's Lifeway.com or .net, one or the other. I'm not sure. But you could go to Lifeway. It'll come up, 
and you'll find some resources there that they sp- usually specifically sets aside for graduates. Right. And, and, but if I were doing it first, I'd go to alexmcfarland.com and I would, I would find out what was going on. All Iris, right. thank you for calling. Let's talk to Steve. You know, Texas is a big state, <laughs> and evidently they have the direct line in. Steve, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi, guys. You can you hear me? You're loud and clear. A lot better than we could hear Alex today, Steve. So thank you, man. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's a great loss. But Alex, I know you're listening, and I love you all three so much. Jim, Bert, and Alex, thank you for feeding the flock. God love you. I love you. So many people do appreciate what you do for us. I talked to you guys last week about Ezekiel 39.2. I didn't get much back. Alex said we'll do some more research. In Ezekiel 39.2 in the King James, it talks about a six, one six. It looks of the invading enemies of Israel will be destroyed in Ezekiel 38. Now, you go to any other version, the New American Standard, anything, even the New King James, it talks nothing about the one six. And I realized that, uh, as in Mark 16, some of the most reliable manuscripts do not contain these verses, you know, so on, etc. I just wondered what happened with Ezekiel 39.2, King James, hey. even having a percentage. Hey, Steve, I, I was on with Alex the day we took your question, and Alex tried to explain that as best he could, uh, because it's one of those things that, you know, as we find more and more of the of the context and the the actual books of the you know of the letters, then that's one of the things where when some of the older versions may not have a particular scripture or may have a particular scripture, and the newer versions don't necessarily contain that same line. Part of that has to do with the translations. And the way they're translated, now I am in no wise knocking the King James Version. You know, it, it, it's there. It, it's, you know, it, it blesses a great many people. It has blessed me in my life. I memorized most I memorized. But right. uh, they, th- what happens in translations, it's a translation. Mm-hmm. We say here, and I'm going to go back. I don't know if any of you ever heard of C.I. Schofield. C.I. Schofield was a great commentator on the Scripture. Right. Very precise and, and people call well he's wooden well that means he was precise and he right did. but he said this the the scriptures originally given were perfect translations they're close enough and the things that we don't know and clear on they're not significant enough to make things significantly different right so you can trust them mm-hmm. as well as you could the originals the reason I believe God didn't re- leave the originals, we'd worship the originals. Right. Man, it, man, that's the reason we like legalism, because we can check that off, check that yeah. off. We like to check stuff off, don't we? And you and I have had this conversation before, Bert. The Word of God is not there to be worshipped. It's the God of the Word. It's the it? God of the Word. Preach it, Jim Stanley. And it's the same thing with the cross. We know what happened on the cross. We understand the sacrifice that was made on the cross. But the cross was wood. What was crucified on the cross is eternal. Amen. And so we have to be careful with what we worship. But I I don't disagree with that at all, brother. You know, because um, be it King James, be it New Living Translation, be it my 
personal prayer. Amplified Amplified Bible. that that these <laughs> we guys that were giving well, me a we? hard time on. You know, be it any of those, they're translations. And so the same is true for the King James. So what's happened But they're with, confident enough right. that we know truth. Right, absolutely. And so uh, now there are some Bibles that we're careful with. The, some of you may remember the way. They took too much liberty. They did because it was a paraphrased yep. edition. And the same is true with the message. It was also a paraphrased edition. So, Steve, thanks for your call this afternoon. Hope that helps. And going to try and get Coleman in from Texas. Coleman, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello, gentlemen. I'll keep this quick. Uh, so my question is, this is based on God's justice. If uh, you know how, when we were saved, we're given rewards uh, just based on our just deeds, and there's those who aren't saved. So my question is, are there different levels of like the lake of fire when all is said and done? Um, because we have, you know, like people who live good lives but aren't don't uh, don't accept Christ as their savior. What is that? Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? All right, Coleman, brother Bert, listen. I do believe there are levels, but it's not necessarily temperature, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, with all my heart, Coleman, I've looked at this and looked at this and thought about it. I believe it's what we take in, though, not we. I better, I'm not right. going there. I was going to say. Those that go to the lake of fire, it's what they take in there. Do you remember? It's Luke chapter 16. Uh, when the man was in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. Now, he was in physical torment, but he wasn't necessarily, he, he said, let a tip of water. Mm-hmm. But really what got him was his five brothers that were right. going to follow him there. Right. So two of the worst things of hell is God not being there or lake of fire. The other one is the memories that you had, the opportunities. So those that have great memories of being, should have, could have received Christ and didn't, right. I believe it's going to be terrible for them in their memory. Yeah. That's my, I think that is the levels that we bring into it, Jim. Yeah. Coleman, thanks for the call this afternoon. And Bert, you know, it, it, it's one of those things like you said, but I think the ultimate penalty for everyone that's cast into the lake of fire is separation from God. That's it. Jim, hey, I want to thank you. Thank you for letting me be on. Folks, have a great afternoon. Stick around. Washington Watch comes your way next on AFR. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Association or American.